In this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Romans chapter 14. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godlywood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godlywood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godlywood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godlywood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. So let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to read your word, Father God. Thank you so much, Lord, for being our friend, for being our God, for being our provider, for being our protector. Lord, I pray for everybody who's been impacted by the coronavirus that's going around, Lord Jesus. I pray your healing in the name of Jesus, Father God, over every single person, your shield of protection around each and every one of us, Father God. And Lord, I pray your blessing over the reading of your word. Help us be able to hear what you want us to hear and see what you want us to see. I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so today we are reading Romans chapter 14, the message translation. And Paul writes, Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. Ooh, Paul is starting out with a bang. Right there, Paul is saying to us as believers, do not be passing judgment on other believers, especially when they're new to the faith. Stop, we need to stop trying to put our way of thinking, our way of life on them. Let the Holy Spirit work on them on the Holy Spirit's timing. Verse 2, for instance, a person who has been around for a while might well be convinced that he can eat anything on the table, while another with a different background might assume he should only be a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited them both to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. <laughs> all right, Paul. Verse 5. Or say, one person thinks that someday should be set aside as holy. And another thinks that each day is pretty much like any other. There are good reasons either way. So each person is free to follow the convictions of conscience. Verse 6. What's important in all this is that if you keep a holy day, keep it for God's sake. If you eat meat, eat it to the glory of God and thank God for prime rib. If you're a vegetarian, eat vegetables to the glory of God and thank God for broccoli. None of us are permitted to insist on our own way in these matters. It's God we are answering to all the way from life to death and everything in between, not each other. That's why Jesus lived and died and then lived again, so that he could be our master across the entire range of life and death and free us from the petty tyrannies of each other. And that's the first nine verses. And I love what Paul is saying here because other than sins that are explicitly stated in the Bible, and I'm talking about where the word of God says, do not murder right? Do not steal. <laughs> Do not commit adultery. Those things that are explicitly stated in the Bible are sin, period. There's no debate over those things. That's not what Paul's talking about. 
Paul is talking about those gray areas, those things that are not explicitly stated as sin in the Bible. Those are the things he's saying, hey, Christians, do not come for each other <laughs> over opinions. Whatever you choose to do, do it in glory to God. So if I choose to observe the Sabbath and follow from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday, I must not work and I must use that day to observe, uh, um, to worship the Lord and spend time with God. I am doing that in worship to God. But I don't have a right to tell somebody who doesn't observe the Sabbath that they're sinning. Same way, if somebody chooses not to observe the Sabbath and go to church on Sunday morning, that's the only time they worship God, that person has no right to judge the person who observes the Sabbath. It's not explicitly stated. It doesn't say, Jesus doesn't say in the New Testament, you got to go to the Sabbath or you don't got to go to the Sabbath. He doesn't say that. So we need to make sure that we are not judging each other based on our own opinions. What Paul is saying is whatever your opinion is, do it for the glory of God and do it with all your heart. Just don't be wishy-washy with it, but don't condemn other people for not having the same opinion as you. And again, those are for things that are not explicitly stated as sin in the Bible. Because I once had somebody tell me, but Stephanie, I think it's fine to have sex before marriage. And I was like, nah, sis, that is explicitly stated as sin in the Bible. <laughs> That is not something you get to just say, oh, I don't feel it's a sin. Nah. Mm -mm. What Paul is talking about is things that are not explicitly stated as sin. Verse 10. So where does that leave you when you criticize a brother? And where does that leave you when you condescend to a sister? I'll say it leaves you looking pretty silly or worse. Eventually, we're all going to end up kneeling side by side in a place of judgment facing God. Your critical and condescending ways aren't going to improve your position there one bit. Read it for yourself in scripture. As I live and breathe, God says, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will tell the honest truth that I am the only God. Amen. So tend to your knitting. You've got your hands full just taking care of your own life before God. Verse 13. Forget about deciding what's right for each other. Here's what you need to be concerned about. That you don't get in the way of somebody else. Making life more difficult than it already is. I'm convinced. Jesus convinced me that everything as it is in itself is holy. We, of course, by the way we treat it or talk about it, can contaminate it. Verse 15, if you confuse others by making a big issue over what they eat or don't eat, you're no longer a companion with them in love, are you? These, remember, are persons for whom Christ died. Would you risk sending them to hell over an item in their diet? Don't you dare let a piece of God-blessed food become an occasion of soul poisoning. Verse 17, God's kingdom isn't a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, puts it together, and completes it with joy. Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. Do that, and you'll kill two birds with one stone, pleasing the God above you and proving your work to the people around you. And sis, I want to pause on that verse 18. Your task is to single-mindedly serve Christ. What that means in every area of your life, your relationships, your finances, your spirituality, your health and wellness, your job, your business, girl, what you eat in the morning, everything is to single-mindedly serve Christ. And when you put Christ at the center of every single one of your decisions, that's where you're gonna find fullness of life. That's where you're gonna find fullness of joy, peace that passes all understanding, because every decision you make is for the glory of God. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. Verse 19, so let's agree to use all our energy in getting along with each other. Help others with encouraging words. Don't drag them down by finding fault. You're certainly not going to permit an argument over what is served or not served at supper to wreck God's work, are you? I said it before and I'll say it again. 
All food is good, but it can turn bad if you use it badly, if you use it to trip others up and send them sprawling. When you sit down to a meal, your primary concern should not be to feed your own face. <laughs> Paul said when you sit down to a meal, your primary concern should not be to feed your own face, but to share the life of Christ. We need to stop feeding our own faces. <laughs> so, and he continues, so be sensitive and courteous to those who are eating. Don't eat or say or do things that might interfere with the free exchange of love. And I actually had to learn that one for myself. So I know that as a Christian, I'm a bit liberal compared to most of the Christians that I grew up with. Um, so my background is Southern Baptist. And for those of you guys who are from the South, you know, a lot of Southern Baptists don't even believe in clapping their hands in church. You know what I mean? It's a very conservative faith. Um, and especially here as a woman, look at me, I'm a woman reading the Bible on a live stream. Like that's just not something that people in Southern Baptist Church is doing. Like you just don't have women, you just don't do it, you know? So I know that for me, I have a much more liberal understanding of what it means to serve Christ than some of my conservative Southern Baptist brethren. However, if I see that by me stepping up to a pulpit and starting to teach, is going to mess up the faith of the people sitting in that audience, I'm actually committing a sin by doing it. Because if I'm doing it just for my pride to show them, women can teach the Bible, women can preach, y'all ain't gonna stop me, and I go into a Southern Baptist church where every single person in that place believes it's a sin for women to preach, right? And I get up on that stage and I start preaching at them, I'm actually messing with the faith of those people. And that now is causing me to sin. It's the same thing with drinking alcohol. I don't believe it's wrong to drink alcohol. I believe it's wrong to get drunk. Jesus himself turned water into wine. <laughs> that was the first miracle that he did. Clearly, in my opinion, wine is not a sin. However, I do know some Seventh-day Adventists who believe the drinking of wine is an absolute sin. They actually think they'll go to hell if they drink the wine. So for me, if I'm going out with my girl who's a Seventh-day Adventist and we go out and I order a margarita in front of her, I am causing her to question her faith because she's going to be like, but Stephanie's a Christian and she's drinking wine. Is she really going to hell? And that's wrong of me. Out of respect to her and her belief, I can choose in that moment not to drink the wine. It's fine. I can get a margarita another time. <laughs> so Paul is saying here to don't eat or do, he says, don't eat or say or do things that might interfere with the free exchange of love. Don't do things to mess with the faith of our brethren. If we have a sister in Christ who thinks differently than we do, we may disagree with them, but don't do it just to show them it's fine. Just be respectful in that moment. Be respectful in their opinion. It's fine. They're doing it in service to Christ. They're not doing it because they're being selfish or rude. They're doing it to literally serve Christ. My friend who doesn't drink alcohol, she does it for the glory of God. She makes that decision to glorify God. How dare I try to convince her, nah, you can drink, no, it's fine. Let her serve Christ the way she wants to serve Christ. I serve Christ the way I want to serve Christ. Again, outside of what is explicitly stated as sin in the Bible. I wanna make sure I keep saying that. If the Bible says that it is a sin, sis, it is a sin. <laughs> Verse 22, cultivate your own relationship with God, but don't impose it on others. You're fortunate, if your behavior and your belief are coherent, but if you're not sure, if you notice that you are acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to impose your opinions on others, other days just trying to please them, then you know that you're out of line. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. And what Paul is talking about there in the end of chapter 14 is hypocrisy. 
we say one thing and we do another thing. For example, for me here, um, a long time when I was in high school, um, I was talking to people about Christ and sharing my faith and telling them about how much I love the Lord and trying to share the gospel of Christ with them. And one of the biggest ways that I I, I served Christ and worshiped him was by choosing to not have sex before marriage. That was a choice that I made every single day. And I was very open about that choice because it wasn't a lack of suitors who were, who were trying <laughs> to take that decision from me, but I would openly communicate, I am not making this decision to have sex before marriage because I, it's for me, I'm making the decision as an act of worship to God. And because it says it's not right in the Bible, but I was making that choice as an act of worship to God. However, if in doing so, me sharing the gospel of Christ with people and telling everybody about how much I love the Lord and how I'm making this choice not to have sex before marriage, I then started having sex before marriage, well, obviously people are going to be like, yo, she a hypocrite. She don't really believe in God. I don't want to serve that kind of God where somebody is going to be saying one thing and then doing something else. So... What Paul is saying in verse 22 to 23 is to make sure that the way that you speak is consistent with what you actually do. Match the speak, speech to the behavior. If you make a choice to serve God in an act of worship, like observing the Sabbath or going to church on Sunday mornings, reading your Bible every single day, not drinking alcohol or drinking alcohol and not getting drunk, however you choose to serve God, make sure it is consistent with your behavior, because our witness is the most powerful and effective way that we are going to tell people about Christ. In today's day and age, words don't really speak, sis. It's actions that speak. So just make sure that how you serve Christ is consistent with your every single day behavior. And if you're not quite sure what that is, you're like, well, Stephanie, I actually don't even know how, what my act of worship is. Make sure you get my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit at purposegift.com. That's purposegift.com. And it'll show you how to discover God's purpose for your life step-by-step using the word of God. You can get it by going to purposegift.com and you can get it for free. And if you're like, well, Stephanie, that sounds great, but I actually don't even know if I'm a Christian. Being a Christian is what it says in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And what that means is being a Christian is trusting in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very simple. You just say, dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sisters of Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your area and get started getting to know how good God is. He truly adores you and loves you so much. Sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godwoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at purposegift.com. Thanks for listening, Godwood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.